Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, he was with the Pharaoh as they used to barge down the Nile River. Na, 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 na. He was with George Washington when they chopped the cherry tree down. Dang near killed him. And he was with Alfred S. Newman when he started Mad Magazine back in the early 60s. And it rubbed off on him. Here he is, Dr. History. Okay, Mad Magazine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Uh, yeah, that was, you know, that was a good old thing. No, 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 no. The barges, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you were the one that pushed Cleopatra into the drink. I know, she <laughs> needed a bath. Yeah, well, she was a crusty old gal. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. what's going on with Dr. History this morning? Well, today, I, and I hope you're awake enough to listen. Oh, I am. I got toothpicks under each eye. Okay, you're good to go then. Yes, sir. All right, we're going to talk about Wild West shows. Uh-oh. And uh, I'm going to talk about it. I've got an article here that's actually written by a guy that was that was in it most of his life, from the time he was born. Anyway, so it, it's, uh, you know, the Wild West shows basically were traveling performances, you know, and they mm -hmm. were all over Europe, all over the United States, uh, if you ever go to the Buffalo Bill Museum up in uh, uh, Cody, yep. uh, they've got a map up there, and they've got a like a pin in every place that Buffalo Bill put on his show. Really? Yeah, and uh, as I recall, I think there was one in Twin Falls, another one in Pocatello, Boise, Idaho Falls. So, you know, I always thought of them in bigger cities, but, you know, Twin Falls, uh, anyway... You know, they, Buffalo Bill started about 1883 and lasted until about 1913. Mm -hmm. And they introduced a lot of Western performers, personalities, and, you know, and we've talked about this before. It's a little bit of a romanticized version of the American Old West. But uh, the real American West of the 19th century wasn't nearly as glamorous as, as depicted. You know, there was cowboys, Indians, outlaws. And they did exist in the West, but, you know, gunfights, battles, stagecoach holdups, and all that, they weren't just an, they weren't really an everyday occurrence. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. you know, the myth of the Wild West uh, was really kind of a, kind of a puffed up exaggeration, I guess, if you want to call it that. Did they have any but, of those uh, guys back in those days that used to sit there and say they could catch a bullet in their teeth? I mean, I know it was a job <laughs> that you only lasted through one show, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did they yeah, have those kind uh, of guys? Yeah, I mean, like I say, a lot of exaggeration as to what they could and couldn't do. But, you know, Buffalo Bill's show, I mean, that took the kind of the reality of Western life and glamorized it uh, into a pretty appealing show for Eastern audiences. And and it really, in some ways, it helped preserve some of the legends of the old Wild West. Yeah. And, and, of course, they went over to Europe, and they did a lot of shows over in Europe. Yeah. So, okay. But around the turn, uh, start of the 20th century, they were very popular. And when, within the first two years of the first Wild West show, over 10 million spectators had seen this. Really? Seen these different shows. Woo! And like I said, the Easterners, they were, <clears throat> they were very uh, attracted to them. And, uh, but, you know, of all the shows, the first and most famous and by far most successful was, of course, Buffalo Bill's mm -hmm. Wild West show. And, and really, he's the one that started the whole, the whole thing. Right. So, 
But I'm going to tell you about a guy whose name is Glenn Kishko. Now, that's okay? not exactly a Buffalo Bill-type name. <laughs> well, when you hear his heritage, you'll understand. Okay. Okay. His dad was a guy by the name of Prince Luca. <laughs> Prince Luca was leader of the Russian Cossacks. Okay. Him and his wife, and they were part of Buffalo Bill's show. Oh. Well, they had a little baby boy named Glenn. <laughs> Glenn Kishko. Okay. Okay, so he was born, and, uh, and you know, the story says that Buffalo Bill stopped by to congratulate the, the mom and dad, uh, Prince Luca, and uh, the Cossacks, and... Anyway, he was christened Glenn Kishko, and that was in 1882, and for probably half a century, Glenn uh, pretty much lived and saw everything within the Wild West shows. Uh, he saw them come into prominence, he saw them uh, kind of go through their era, and uh, he says, basically, I saw the Wild West show come into its own, I saw it thrive as part of the West, and I saw it die. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, according to this article, he was nearly 80 years old when he uh, was still very much alert, awake, uh, robust, just a, a pretty spry young guy, but pretty short. They, in fact, they called him Shorty, because the picture I'm looking at, he, he's not, uh, he's kind of height challenged, I guess you could call it that. Oh, so they weren't, so offended, they were and they weren't offended and not really concerned about being politically correct. <laughs> no, no, he, he was vertically challenged. Is that okay. the pr- correct uh politically correct he was short that's that's all he was just he was a a doggone midget almost (laughs) (laughs) he was now uh interesting guy though because uh in spite of actually having 14 bullet wounds in his body wait a minute uh, 14 bullet wounds yep and i'm gonna get to that so the old adage Uh, is true shoot low sheriff it's shorty (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh and i'll get to that but anyway so okay so he's born uh back in there and uh, when he was four, his mother died on the road with the Buffalo Bill show. When he was 11, his father was killed during a performance at Chicago, and that left Glenn to grow up with the show. Well, uh-huh. he was already a regular. Uh, his uncle was a Cossack also, and his name was Prince Tisto. Prince and, what? Uh, <laughs> Prince, Prince Tisto. Do me a favor and do not try to speed up your delivery on that word. <laughs> I'm being careful on these Russian Cossacks. <laughs> so Prince Tisto was the un- was Glenn's uncle, and he was with the Buffalo Bill Show, but there had been some differences between the Cossack brothers and the uncle, and so he didn't really feel much of an obligation towards the little orphan Glenn, so he didn't help out much. Well, in 1906, Buffalo Bill and Pawnee Bill, they were together, but they split and each formed their own enterprise. Now. Glenn Kishko stayed with Buffalo Bill, and by then he was about 18 years old. He'd outgrown his first job, was actually making resin balls for the sharpshooters to break when they tossed him into the air. And he began to ride and rope and worked uh, into a regular riding hand. And he says in his article, he says, I molded many a resin, resin ball for Annie Oakley. Mm-hmm. And he said there was certainly nothing phony about her marksmanship. Oh, okay. So Annie was... There was no question she was an amazing uh, shot with a gun. So, but the Wild West shows were good in those days, and he says, because the men who made them put their hearts into their work, they spared nothing for realism. Uh, and the era kind of ended because the old blood died off and the young guys just didn't, just didn't do the same. Right, right. Well, he joined up with a group called the 101 Ranch, 
uh, Wild West show mm-hmm. uh, when the Buffalo Bill outfit kind of broke up. Okay. And when that happened, there was a guy named Joe Miller of the 101 Ranch, and uh, he was the type to build and operate a real, real authentic Wild West show. With real bullets and everything? I don't think so. Oh. Uh, but uh, other than that, pretty much real. You know? Oh, boy. And I'll, I'll kind of get to that, too. But of the many good hands who helped to operate the Miller Show, two men were particularly uh, that stand out in his mind. One was Bill Pickett. Mm-hmm. You know who he was. Very well. He's the one that was the father of the event of bulldogging. Yeah, and and you remember how he bulldogged? With his teeth. <laughs> With his teeth. He'd bite the upper lip of the bull and bring him down. And I've seen pictures where he's got the bull by the lips with his teeth and his hands are up in the air and the bull is on the ground. Not for a man that wears dentures. <laughs> no, no. And then there was another guy by the name of Kirby. And these two guys were just amazing men. Um, uh, and this Joe Miller, the guy that was ahead of this, he uh, he thought they were great guys and he treated them very well. Now this Kirby, uh, he was a great man. He, he was really good with a bullwhip. And he had charge of the oxen in the show. And uh, uh, Glenn Shorty says, I've seen Kirby stand up in a wagon with a whip 18 feet long, mounted on a six-foot stock, and flip a fly off the ear of the head of the lead oxen without touching the animal. Holy smokes, that's pretty good. Well, you know, I've heard of that happening. but I, I always wondered if that was a little bit of a rumor, you know. You only had to miss once, though, to cause a problem. <laughs> well, yeah, the oxen would have been uh, ducking his head every time he <laughs> heard that uh, whip in the air, you know. But uh, anyway, he was an amazing artist with the bull whip. Okay. So, now, another man who contributed to the fine reputation of these Wild West shows was a guy by, name, by the name of Chief Red Fox. Uh-huh. He was a Sioux. And he had charge of the Indians in this Miller Brothers show, and and he was a real Indian chief. He was a real Sioux chief. And was, uh, was he the same guy that had a television show later on, Red Fox? <laughs> yeah, that could have been. Okay, <laughs> I think it was a little different lineage there. Yeah, I see. Okay, <laughs> not sure, but uh, so anyway, Shorty learned the Sioux language from him. Now, when I say Shorty, I'm referring to Glenn. Absolutely. Okay, so he learned the Sioux language and. And uh, Shorty said, you know, you could get away with a lot when you worked for Joe Miller, because he was a you know, pretty good-natured guy, but there's a couple of things you did not do. Uh-oh. And to have a run-in with him. And one is you did not mess with his Chinese cook or the cowboy Bill Pickett. Uh-huh. You, you didn't mess with those two guys. He said he'd fire his most important performer in a heartbeat if it came to a choice between him and uh, between his cook and Bill Pickett. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, but, uh, you know, one of the amazing uh, shows that they did was the Indian Massacre of the Wagon Train. Mm-hmm. And this was a spectacular feature of this 101 Ranch show, and uh, it was a huge attraction because of its realism. I mean, the pains that they took to produce such realism was was really amazing. But uh, the spectator, or the, well, the show uh, uh, showed a wagon train bedding down for the night, and the wagons would drawn, be drawn into a semicircle. Well, it was a night show, and all the lights were, ta- uh, were turned out. And in the distance, now if you can try to imagine this, you're sitting there in the stands, the lights are all out, you've seen the, the wagon train bed down for the night, 
and all of a sudden in the distance, you hear the faint sounds to signify the approach of the Sioux Indians. Mm. Okay, out of the darkness, burning arrows start coming in. This is and bad. landing on covered wagons. Ooh, yeah. So the tarps are, have already been sprayed with kerosene, so they burst into flames. <laughs> and the Indians ride in, you know, yelling and whooping on their painted horses. And women screamed and scampered for safety. Uh, and you could see them in the, the light of the burning wagon. And, and he actually would have pregnant women in this wagon train. Why? He wanted... He wanted to be realistic. Uh-huh. So, so some of the women actually were obviously pregnant, and uh, and Joe Miller insisted on realism. So, mm-hmm. And in order to make the children scream during the attack, the mothers would pinch their kids to make the kids kind of cry, and again, that was the realism. Well, that sort of attention to detail made the wagon train massacre kind of an unmatched thing in the, in the annals of the Wild West shows. So... Now, Glenn, Mr. Kishko, Shorty, he says uh, back then, too, there were no chutes, you know, to make easy for a rider to mount a horse. Yeah. And they they just, and you've seen this, I know, uh, they just snubbed down the, the horse uh, by biting his ear or whatever they had to do, and the rider would get on board, they turned him loose, and the rider stayed on until the buck, buck and horse stopped or the rider got bucked off. Mm-hmm. And they, he also says there were no... He calls them fancy uh, pickup men. <laughs> I always thought those guys were pretty sharp. I, I like the pickup men. Sure. But uh, there were no pickup men to come in and, and help out there. But anyway, Shorty's uncle, Prince Tifto, evidently kind of felt the same way about modern cowboys. And in 1939, he was killed on his ranch. He was kind of disgusted with the way the cowboys were breaking wild horses. So he got on to give a demonstration, horse threw him and killed him. Mm-hmm. He was he was 87 at the time. A- 87? 87. And he's so riding bronze? Prince Tifto, the Russian Cossack, uh, got killed by getting bucked off a horse. Holy buckets. So. 87 and riding bronze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there were other men uh, that contributed. Uh, there was a guy named Mexican Joe, another guy named Tex Cooper. Uh, that were involved, but while Shorty was at the 101 Ranch, uh, he got to know Will Rogers. Uh, you've heard of him, Hoot, Hoot Gibson. Yeah, Hoot Gibson was one of my favorite Saturday morning cowboy heroes. Yeah, and Shorty says that Will and Hoot were good men. He said they always ate and slept with the cowboys rather than in the headquarters of the house because they like to talk to the cowboys better than the boss. There so. you go. Anyway, I know we're getting close to time, and I'm almost done here. i got to find uh, out how Shorty got shot 14 times. I, I'm, I, I saved that for last, so you okay. cut me off. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, another story that Shorty tells, he says that when he was a small boy in Oklahoma, he had a brief encounter with Bell Starr. Oh. He said he was standing, a young woman rode up to where he was standing in a little village, asked him to hold her horse. He did. Several minutes later, she got back on, mounted a horse, gave him a silver dollar, and the same day she rode out to a little ranch and shot down the rancher and his wife because they wouldn't give her a drink of water. Mm. So so he says, I found out that the woman whose horse I held was Bell Star. That's where the slogan came from, hold your horses. <laughs> hold your horses. So anyway, Shorty left the 101 Ranch in about 1926. He eventually went into Oklahoma. In 1947, his tornado was, or his home was hit by a tornado, and unfortunately killed his wife and two children. But uh, back to this shooting thing, uh, he took time out from show business to serve actually in both world wars. Oh my goodness! In World War One and World War Two. Really? And 
in World War II, he was dropped behind enemy lines uh, as a, I'm not sure, kind of, so as a member of the OSS, and I'm not sure mm-hmm. what that stands for. Kind of like the Rangers? I, I, I'm assuming it has to be yeah. something like that, some yeah. kind of special force. Okay. Unit. And somebody out there I know will probably let us know what that is, maybe. But anyway, he's, he was there for 290 days, during which time he actually collected 14 assorted bullet wounds, but still managed to carry out his assignments. So he got 14 bullet wounds in the service to our country. Yes. Wow. World War II. He was I mean, quite a hero. Yeah, he really was. And like I say, this picture of him, you if you saw this picture of him, you'd think, this is just a short, little, dumpy, fat guy. Well, there's a lot of us short, dumpy, little, fat guys. Stop <laughs> rubbing it in. <laughs> and I think he's bald. Cause he's got a hat on, but I think he's bald. Oh, okay. I've not seen any hair. All right. <laughs> so that's the story of the Wild West show as told by Glenn Shorty. Kishko. Now, wait a minute. i got to go back. we got a couple minutes to kind of review some of what we learned this morning, class. Um, okay. I didn't think the Sioux Indians attacked at night. Uh, well, for dramatic effects, you know, I, even back then, they had to do a little, a little romanticizing. A little? A little yeah, a little, a little uh, yeah, what do you call it, poetic... Uh, uh, freedom or whatever you want to call it. Oh, okay. Well, you got uh, pregnant mothers pinching their kids and Indians attacking at night. You destroyed my whole theory here. And, but you know, again, I, I'm just trying to imagine sitting there in the stands, and all of a sudden you hear the maybe the the rifle, the the horses coming, you know, and and the wagon trains are all quiet, and all of a sudden an arrow shoots through and hits a, a wagon, and boom, it's uh, up in flames. You know, yeah. I mean that that would be a pretty uh, amazing thing to watch. We ought to put together a kind of a uh, Zeb and Doctor history Wild West show, and, and we'll have various uh, bad guys sitting up in the audience, and we'll turn the lights off, and we'll we'll have the Indians attacking and burning the wagon train. Oh man, I can just see it's going to be just like a Hollywood movie. It would be great. Yeah. And, and after we burn the Burley grandstands down, then we'll all get sued, and we'll end up in Boise on a free ride for the state for twenty years. No, we'd be on a horse out of town as fast as we could go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, what was the guy's name? Shorty Kishko, right? Glenn Kishko. Yeah, but Shorty. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. And he was the son of, like I say, Prince Luca. Okay. Prince Luca and his wife. Where did, you, where did you find all that stuff? You know, I've got a patient that brought me uh, uh, about a year's worth of Frontier Times and True West in 1960, 61, 62, 63. And I've got about 10 magazines that I've been going through and finding stories that are just great stories. You know what the OSS is? I don't. Gina just texted it to me. Office of Strategic Services. Okay, so I'm wondering if that is something like the Rangers. Yeah, yeah, a special forces uh, group, yeah. 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 Well... You know, behind the lines... Uh, you know, probably working with the French Resistance or something like that. And then he was the one that they wrote the movie about called Get Shorty that starred Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
This guy doesn't look anything like Arnold. Oh, okay. No, but the guy that who was the guy? And Gina's listening. The little short, fat, stubby guy with the bald head uh, that played Get Shorty um, with Arnold. Uh, oh, he's married to oh, yeah, I know who you're uh, uh, Perlman. Uh, her name yeah, married, was married to the Perlman. Lady. Yeah, that was on Cheers. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. See, now there you're talking about a short little pork chop with a, ba a bald head. You know, this guy could be his twin. Really? Yeah, there. Uh, yeah, he looks like he could just be another Danny DeVito. Oh my goodness! Well, let's just call him that for namesake then. Danny DeVito's Wild West Show. Volunteer fireman in his later years. He was. Yeah, this picture I'm looking at. He uh, um, is standing next to a fire engine with a fireman's hat on, and so he, like I say, he's just an interesting guy. Oh my goodness! So, sakes. How long did he live? Um, let's see. I know he lived to be 79. Oh, my goodness sakes. But that's, that's as far as I know. And where did he live? Uh, he was in Oklahoma. Yeah. I think was the last place he eventually ended up. Okay. Well, there you did it again. And we started off the program. No, 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 no. And we floated the Nile. I'll tell you what, you did a good... That was an interesting story this morning. But I still dispute that Indians attacked at night. Well, on TV, they can do anything they want. <laughs> they do, too. <laughs> God bless you, man. It was a great show this morning. Dr. History, better known as Dr. Ken Turner. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.